Hello, everyone, and welcome to Downsizing, the podcast where we try and figure out when the office actually ended because everyone would have been fired. My name is Curtis, and I'll be your host. And with me is my co-host and local office expert, Antoinette. Hey, everyone. Today, we will be discussing Season 1, Episode 5, Basketball. Great episode. This is a very good episode, and I'd say easily the best one of the series so far. Yeah, it's just nothing really happens. They just play a basketball game, and it's just fun. There's a lot of comedic moments, and we really get people's personalities shining through, and this sets the stage for season two. So I really think this was a smart uh, play by the writers and producers. I don't know how the idea came about, but it really is just a, the, the shining episode for season one. For sure. So as Antoinette alluded to, this episode pretty much is just going to be a basketball game. Although we do get a couple of little things sprinkled in there um, that we have seen in this season so already. Our major themes. Right. We see Jim's crush for Pam really come through in this episode, and he kind of shows that by taking on Roy. Mm -hmm. Um, We get Michael's fear of disappointing people and making people angry. comes through in this episode, and we also get a couple of references to downsizing sprinkled into this episode as well. I'd like to take us off track a little bit to start, because one of the very first lines uh, Michael's talking about, there's going to be a basketball game, and he says he plays every weekend. Where do you think Michael plays basketball at? Just the the Y. Okay. The, the (laughs) The local gym. I was imagining him playing at a, like, playground at a school (laughs) uh, because, and just by himself, essentially, uh, I'm just thinking ahead to a season two episode where he tries to join online dating and his uh, username is Little Kid Lover. Like, he loves (laughs) children, and not in a creepy way, but it comes off as that. So that is what I imagine, just Michael at... Like, just a local park trying to play with the kids, and he's a 40-something-year-old man. That is a lot more on brand for Michael, for sure. And unfortunately for Dwight, Michael won't let him on the team. No. Um, Dwight begs him to be on the team, so as an exchange for not being on the team, Michael assigns him the task of making the holiday and weekend work schedule. And... This, the, you know, this is another one of those things where du- it, it's it's progressing the theme of Dwight wanting to impress Michael so hard <laughs> so and much. will do literally anything, any menial task with gusto because he just wants to prove to Michael that he is a good employee. But also, this mostly comes from the fact that Michael doesn't want to make people angry. He doesn't want to tell people that they have to come into work, even though that's his job as the boss. Yes. So as we get closer to the basketball game, Michael is making his roster, and he there is an extended exchange here that is 
real, real bad. Yeah, um, so just stereotyping. We'll, we're popcorn. we're gonna go through it and then we're, we'll recap it uh, at the end. So Michael, with his first pick, picks Stanley. Of course. Of, of course. <laughs> And Stanley says, why, of course. I love Stanley's subtle pushback because that's really the way you're supposed to take on sexism, racism. Like, make that person uncomfortably explain themselves. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to, as a currently pregnant person, I'm trying to pick up that uh, strategy when people try to say, but you must do this, and then have someone explain why that makes any sense at all. Yes. (laughs) So as he continues through his lineup, he picks Jim, he picks Ryan, he, Phyllis says she wants to play, he says, no, absolutely not. Uh, He tells Pam that maybe she should be a cheerleader (laughs) and put her head in pigtails and wear a, a halter top with, you know, tied up. I highlighted that as a firing. We're getting there. Okay. We're getting there. Also, but you forgot to say that his second pick was himself, of course. Oh, right, right. <laughs> like, that's who, he's like, Stanley, because he's a black man. Yep. And then himself, because he has unlimited confidence in his basketball ability. Right. In here, Oscar also says that he would be willing to help out if needed, and... Michael says, no, uh, maybe if they play a baseball game or boxing. <laughs> Which is so terrible. Right. So after Michael talks to Pam about dressing up as a cheerleader, essentially, Jim jokingly says, no, I'll, I can do that. I can I can put my hair into you know, ponytails and things like that. And Michael says something along the lines of, you don't want to be too gay out there or something like that. Yeah, which is a real cringe, a real time capsule uh, sort of moment because you you won't get those jokes uh, on TV right. anymore. You, right. That's, that's a real uh, early 2000s sort of below-the-belt joke, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, very easy to make, very damaging. I think I think as a society we've moved past that. I hope sure. for the most part. Sure. I hope people aren't making that joke anymore. Sure. So yes, Michael does get fired here. Take your pick for racism, sexual harassment, <laughs> uh, making a gay Homophobia. joke. Yeah. Take yeah. take your pick. Oh god. And and those all happen in about mm, a two minute span. Yeah. All just terrible diatribe. Right. Before we get to the basketball game, Daryl, the warehouse manager, comes up and is in the office just getting a getting a tea bag. And Michael starts talking some trash to him. And Michael talks a big game. Very big game. And Daryl's had enough, so he's like, let's let's make this interesting. Loser buys dinner at Farley's. Which is a restaurant reference we never get again um, in the office. I'll just mention that. you know, As we go on, we get poor Richards or Coopers. Yes. Or Coutinho's. Hooters. Or Hooters. Yeah. <laughs> so Michael nixes that suggestion and says that the loser works this coming Saturday. I am 
just so confused by this bet because the warehouse workers and the office workers do very different tasks. Right. And it's never explained why corporate wants someone to come in to work on Saturday, like what sort of uh, assignment needs to be done. But that does not seem like it could be interchangeable between the two camps. You would think. So I'm just so confused why everyone's like, yeah, sure, either or. Right. So eventually Daryl does accept this stipulation. So now a free weekend is on the line for this game. And that extends to all of the employees not playing in the game as well. Like their hopes are pinned to the people playing the actual basketball game. Yeah. So we get to the game and... Antoinette, who who's playing for each team? Okay, I I'll, I'll say the starting lineups, and I'd also like to point out some fashion choices by the players. <laughs> so for for Michael's squad, for the uh, for the office employees, we have Michael, Ryan, Stanley, Jim, Dwight, and then they do let Phyllis come in off the bench. She yep. is she is going to be the sixth man. For the warehouse workers, we have Roy, Lonnie, who's played by Patrice O'Neill. Patrice O'Neill, Roy, the the Eastern European gal, as Michael refers to her, whose name is Madge, and then an older gentleman that we don't actually ever learn his name, and that is usually in the background um, shots of the warehouse. Yeah. I also think, side note, that this is our first shot of the warehouse. Is that right? Have we been down there? Oh, no. We were down there there last week. Never mind. For the the Alliance. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about the fashion choices. Also very early 2000s. A lot of of just oversized cotton tees Mm -hmm. for, for the men. But Michael wears something that you normally only see on elementary age boys, like matching uh, a matching tank and short combo right. in a, what is that fabric? Like a nylon? Yeah. Like a nylon kind of shiny, shiny, yeah. uh, shiny fabric. He has a, a sweatband under one elbow. A Livestrong bracelet, also a very uh, pop culture touchstone of the time, and a knee brace. (laughs) Uh, Dwight has chosen to wear a face mask that you normally see on players that have a broken nose. Is that correct? Uh, Yes, with one notable exception. Uh, Rip Hamilton very famously wore one for the majority of his career. Okay. Like after he... For that reason, he broke his nose, he wore the the mask, and then, I, I don't know the backstory of it, if like he just played really just well while wearing it, and then he just continued to wear it. Like, he wore it the rest of his career. Maybe Dwight's a big Rip Hamilton fan. Maybe. <laughs> never, um, we never get explanation LeBron there. LeBron James famously tried to wear a, like all black one once like they're they're always clear, clear. and see through okay. he tried to wear one that was all black he wore one game and then the nba said you couldn't Interesting. do that okay so yeah those are the the most notable fashion choices and dwight does wear a world anime expo shirt which is in in keeping with his sort of like nerd culture um interests 
but I am a little surprised he's into anime, just slightly. I'm not. <laughs> As the game starts, we get a lot of Jim and Pam flirting. He really, really wants to impress her and do a good job. And then we see Stanley's first touch of the ball, which horrifies Michael. Rightfully so. <laughs> I, I don't know how anybody could... Dribble. The, it's, a, it's a dribble with a very stiff wrist. <laughs> and he has his other arm, like, flailed back behind him. With his wrist pointed up. Right. So I don't see how anybody could have ever learned this <laughs> as a proper dribbling technique. Stanley's clearly not the basketball player that Michael had envisioned him to be by simply being black. For sure. <laughs> However, we do get a lot of, in in my experience playing pickup basketball, there are always just certain characters that come with pickup basketball no matter where you play it. Okay. And we see a couple of those come through in this game. So, for example, Michael is scoreboard guy. Okay. Michael is not good at basketball. <laughs> very, very bad, actually. And so you see a guy like this in a lot of pickup games that is not very good. However, they will call out the score every <laughs> single time up and down the up and down the court, which is helpful because generally people always forget what the score is. Sure. So with scoreboard guy, you always know what the score is. Okay. Even though he. Michael later in the game has to ask what the score is. Okay. I have never personally played a lot of pickup basketball. Um, my basketball experience was uh, all through my youth up through my freshman year of high school after which I quit to play club volleyball and focus on that. What's mm -hmm. your basketball background? You have a lot more. Um, not, not really. Um, I played for the school team in fifth and sixth grade. And then I got cut from the basketball team every single year after that, even though I tried out every single year after that. Well, we also went to very different sized schools. Our basketball team <laughs> was not good in any of these times. So I was getting cut from a bad basketball team. That doesn't make me feel a ton better about it. I still believe in you. Well, thank you. I still played just pickup. In, during that time and still played in college. Okay. And I feel like I became a better basketball player in college. That's Just what happened to you, me in college. You play more. You know, you're playing all the time. Right. So. Not basketball, but volleyball. Right. Yeah. Um, back to pickup guys. Yes. Sorry. Dwight is the overly sweaty guy. <laughs> and he also... Very sweaty. And... Also, what comes through here is he is the guy that is way too eager to be skins in a, place, in a basketball game. Yes. Um, Ryan is the sneaky good guy. He's Ryan. If you just look at Ryan, he's not very physically imposing, but he kind of shows his skills throughout the game. He, he knows he has like a firm grasp yeah. on, on, on the game. His apathy also carries over to uh, pick up basketball. For sure. Not the same for Jim, though. For sure. And then the old guy, who I believe's name is Jerry. Jerry, okay. Uh, Jerry is the old guy. <laughs> um, a lot of times there's an old guy that's playing, 
And <laughs> he, I get a feeling that the old guy is on the court because he had next game and then he just grabbed four other people that <laughs> wanted to play in the next game. And so he generally stays on the court because he has four really good people on his team and then it's just this guy. Just this guy. So those are the common pickup guys that we see come through in this basketball game. For all of Michael's talking a big game and excitement surrounding this pickup game and the fact that he says he plays every weekend, Michael's pretty terrible, which is which is in line for Michael. He, I don't think he makes a single shot. He doesn't. Uh, he sometimes throws the ball way offline, doesn't even hit anything remotely close. He often yells, what's wrong with me today? Right. Um, just to let people know that this is atypical for him. I think <laughs> my favorite part of Michael's game is when he has a wide open layup <laughs> and he's, as he's releasing the ball, he says, three, yeah. as if. He made that shot. It was going to count for three points. Yes, that is great. So, so in general, Michael is pretty terrible. And honestly, I don't know why people, more people don't do that. Right? <laughs> oh, he said three and he made it. I guess it counts for three counts points. Counts for three points. Despite being very terrible at basketball, Michael does have <laughs> a, an analysis of the game of basketball that he shares with the camera in in interstitial football is like rock and roll it's just and basketball is like jazz you know you're kind of it's a downbeat it's in the pocket so right after he says this michael proceeds to do some and i'm using this term extremely loosely some Harlem Globetrotters-style dribbling, where he essentially just goes to one knee and he spins around <laughs> on his knee while dribbling. And he's doing this while humming Sweet Georgia Brown, the Harlem Globetrotters theme. And Roy comes along and immediately steals the ball. And just lays, <laughs> he's dribbling and lays it. so high. <laughs> right, and he just like goes and lays it up for an open, open layup. So again, <laughs> Michael's lack of basketball skill on full display here. <laughs> and really, as the game goes on, it turns into a Jim versus Roy battle. Yes. Both are pretty good, pretty skilled, almost about the same height, same build a little bit. Roy's a little bit thicker. During the timeout, Jim tells Michael to let him, Jim, guard Roy. Because Michael had taken him at the beginning of the game because Roy was their best player, so definitely Michael should be guarding him. Yeah. There is a bit of a sequence where... Jim gets an elbow to the face from Roy. Jim also kind of, there's a lot of physical contact there. There's a lot of bumping under the rim. Um, But Jim, I'd say, gets the upper hand in the battle because Roy has a very short fuse. Yeah. And we saw that last week in the Alliance. He goes from zero to 60 pretty quick. So when there's physical contact and he goes down, on like a spin move or something from Jim, he gets pretty upset. We also see Jim make a lot of baskets and then sort of make some like cute little smiles or like kind of a a little shoulder shrug to Pam in the audience. Mm -hmm. And, and Pam is 
clearly cheering for both sides. Pam is feeling it. Yeah. She is feeling Jim at this point. Yes. And I think this is kind of the first recognition of Pam's feelings towards Jim that we see. Yeah. Earlier in the episode, as as Jim is getting ready for the game, he's kind of joking along with Pam about how, uh, you know, what are you going to do this weekend since since Roy's going to be right, working? Right, right. And Pam kind of goes back at him and is like, well... Roy wants to go up to the lake and with the jet skis, so I think that's what we're going to be doing. And Jim's like, "Well, I'm going to be going to the outlet mall, and since <laughs> and since since Roy's going to be working, you're going to be coming with me." Yeah. And so she's kind of egging this on with Jim, and it's almost like a it's like a fight for my affection thing. Very like, much so. She is. She's feeding this. Yes. And and this is, I think this is how Roy and Pam got together. It sounds like they went to high school together. It sounds like athletic um, competitions and sports kind of gets Pam's motor going. Sure. And Roy was an athlete. And I think literally that's all they've got to their entire connection. I do really worry about Pam in this relationship because... She doesn't really stand up for herself, and Roy can sometimes say some mean things that sound joking but are really inappropriate to say to a partner. For sure. The game ends with, what was the older guy's name? Jerry. Jerry. uh, Accidentally elbowing Michael to the face. Michael is kind of a baby and can't really take it, and he calls it a a personal, flagrant, uh, purposeful foul, and then calls the game. Right. But not before having checked the score. Yes. Michael essentially takes his ball and goes home. (laughs) And after he knows that they are winning the game. And so he proceeds to say, well, sorry, warehouse guys. Looks like you're working this weekend. And this results in Roy, Daryl, and Lonnie kind of coming up to Michael and like, we're not working this weekend. Clearly trying to intimidate him. Yes. And getting him to back down. And it doesn't take very long for Michael to do so. Right. He, he folds pretty quickly. Much to the dismay of the office workers. As After everybody goes upstairs and is getting cleaned off in the bathroom and, <laughs> and everything, Michael comes out with... with with two napkins up his nose, as if he had a, <laughs> right. had, a, had a bloody nose that was just gushing. Which was not the result of that foul. No. And says, and it just addresses the office. And again, people are still pretty upset. And they're like, so we get, what time do we need to come in tomorrow? And Michael, like, you know what? Forget it. We're, we're not going to, again, just so. He doesn't make anybody upset. Yeah, not to ruffle any feathers. We don't need to come in this weekend. You don't worry about it. And then just kind of throws in there as if coming in on one Saturday was going to keep us from getting downsized. So it's kind of the good with the bad. Uh, people, like you can see the faces of people go from like this, this happiness that they don't have to work on Saturday to, oh, but. I'm going to lose my job. Yeah, but what if that did keep us from getting downsized? Right. (laughs) That pretty much wraps up the basketball game. 
Let's go to the Annex with Antoinette and learn about some fun facts and tidbits for this episode. So first off, um, this must have been maybe a little bit difficult to shoot. You can see a lot of boom mics um, in the background. But then again, on the other hand, that could be purposeful since it's supposed to be a documentary crew shooting the office. So kind of hard to tell. Yeah, but I guess I never thought about yeah, that. Yeah, it could be a purposeful thing, but we do see a lot of that in the background. And then at the end of the pickup game, we see Kevin just sinking shots. Um, he made four in a row on that is shown in the episode. And in the commentary, Rain Wilson, who plays Dwight, um, actually says that Brian Baumgartner made 14 in a row at one time, which is pretty impressive and kind of a bummer for Kevin that he didn't get to, you know, actually play in the game because of Michael's prejudice. Right. We'll also say that if you're interested in this episode and just The Office more generally, you should check out Shay Sharano's um, book. There's an ebook called uh, Conference Room Five Minutes, which is just essays on The Office. And then he has a chapter about this episode in his book, Basketball and Other Things. And they're really cool illustrated books um, as well. The, the, the Office ebook is absolutely hilarious. Curtis, who got fired in this episode? Um, the only firing that we see is Michael. This is his third firing of the season and third overall. T- again, take your pick right. for that whole stretch of just racism, homophobic speech, sexual harassment, whatever. Take your pick. I had another firing, though. What's that? I had potentially Daryl, Roy, and Lonnie for intimidating a superior and then maybe Roy so if if that was borderline maybe Roy for continuing to be unable to control his temper for sure um he already may have gotten a warning from her from becoming um belligerent let's say with Jim last week so let alone combining that with his quick to angerness on the basketball court and then intimidating Michael after the fact. So to me, Roy is either fired or on thin ice. Very possible. Roy at least gets ejected from this basketball game. The elbow that he throws to Jim, uh, definite flagrant one. Yeah. A, a uh, immediate ejection. So, Antoinette, hand out some Dundies. All right. Uh, the Dundee Award for the weirdest time wasting in a game goes to Michael for his absolutely absurd free throw routine. I believe Shea Serrano uh, timed it at 18 seconds, mm-hmm. which he notes would be uh, much longer than what would be allowed in an NBA game. It is truly bizarre. There's a lot of flipping. Uh, he sets the ball down at one point, so just crazy. And all this to completely miss the basket. And to throw it right. underhand. Right. And then my last Dundee is the Dundee Award for Most Transparent Flirting goes to Pam Beasley uh, mm-hmm. for this week. We don't see her really engage in flirting a lot up until this point, but she flirted p- pretty openly with both Jim and Roy. Um, at the end, she initiates flirting with Roy by saying that they need to go home and get him into a tub. And that really uh, takes the air out of out of Jim's yeah. good day. Within earshot of Jim. Yeah. Yeah. 
So she's she's stoking uh, the flames of the tension between the two men. Yes. Either consciously or subconsciously. What are your dundies? Um, my dundee for best defender goes to Dwight. <laughs> um, he not only rips the ball from a from the Eastern European gal <laughs> and then <laughs> trash talks her for it. <laughs> But he also steals the ball from his own player in order to make a basket. So oh, Dwight gets best defender. And wettest <laughs> jumper goes to Kevin for the aforementioned jumpers that he made uh, after the game. And even more impressively, in a suit jacket. Yeah, and, he was in full full business casual And attire. he is just drilling these things. <laughs> he also is another pickup guy. In that he either is a guy that just bangs down low because he's a bigger guy, or he's a three three point line to three point line guy. In that, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna <laughs> hustle, defend. not hustling. I'm not defended. I'm gonna just jump from three point line to three point line <laughs> and try and sink open jumpers. That's funny. <laughs> Who is your employee of the month? Um, I have two. I have Phyllis and Kevin as employees of the month for being able to stay calm in the face of Michael's just ridiculousness and actually show up and play pretty well. Now, Kevin, granted, didn't get, get to actually play in the game, but they proved Michael wrong that appearance is not everything. And poor Phyllis, she's always getting like just shit on all the time by Michael. Yes. My employee of the month is Jim, and to quote Shea Serrano in his book Basketball and Other Things, he gets this employee of the month for giving the Michael Jordan shrug to another man's fiance after scoring a basket. And really, that does just take a lot of guts to do that. In front of said guy. Yes, yes, especially for that. Speaking of... Shea Serrano, go check out Conference Room 5 Minutes, check out Basketball and Other Things. He also has another book coming out soon, which is Movies and Other Things. Nice, that'll be a good one. Yeah, so he's also a very good follow on Twitter, so go check out all of those things, follow him on Twitter. He graciously gave us the permission to use that joke in this episode, (laughs) so thank you to Shay. That pretty much does it for this episode. Yeah, no no necessarily new uh, unanimous firings, just still Michael in that still fired category. Right, right. <laughs> you could also say he probably would have been fired for allowing the employees to take what <laughs> what probably would have would have would have been was probably supposed to be just like an hour for lunch, but yeah. definitely Became longer just to go play a basketball game or sit around and watch a basketball game. Next week is the season finale of season one. No, I did not know that. Yes, last episode. All right. So we will see you guys next time. Thanks for listening. See ya. Bye.